Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast, the podcast intended to provide you with brief, important, big picture ideas and concepts in the realm of human anatomy and physiology. I am your host, Gilda Harris, and I'm a professor at St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you are made aware of all the newest content that I create. Without further ado, let's get on to the next episode. Today's episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast will continue a four-part series on tissues. Please recall that way back in episode one, I discussed that tissues are a collection of cells. Tissues are a collection of similar specialized cells and cell products that perform specific functions. The study of tissues is called histology. The four types of tissues are epithelial, connective, muscle, and nervous. The content of this episode will cover connective tissue. Connective tissue is found in between other tissues everywhere in the body. The tissue establishes a structural framework for your body, protects delicate organs, and supports and surrounds and interconnects other types of tissues. Connective tissue acts as a space filler between other tissues. This space filling feature is what helps provide structure. Connective tissue is also important in transporting fluids and dissolved materials, storing energy and defending the body from invading microorganisms. The three components of connective tissues are specialized cells, extracellular protein fibers, and a fluid called ground substance. The ground substance and the insoluble protein fibers combine to form the extracellular matrix. The specialized cells of the connective tissue reside in this matrix. There are three major categories of connective tissue and we will spend the rest of this episode talking about these categories. These categories are connective tissue proper, fluid connective tissue, and supporting connective tissue. Let's begin with connective tissue proper. Connective tissue proper consists of loose connective tissue and dense connective tissue. Loose and dense connective tissue are distinguished by the ratio of ground substance to fibrous tissue. As the name suggests, loose connective tissue has more fluid-like ground substance and less fibrous tissue, while dense connective tissue has less ground substance and more dense fibrous tissue. Adipose tissue, aka fat, is an example of loose connective tissue, as it is mostly gelatinous and less firm. Muscle tendons are an example of dense connective tissue and they are full of fibrous tissue and less fluid. Connective tissue proper also contains a number of specialized cells. These cells are called fibroblasts, fibrocytes, adipocytes, melanocytes, macrophages, microphages, mast cells, lymphocytes, and mesenchymal cells. We'll talk briefly about each. Fibroblasts are the most abundant cell of the connective tissue proper. These cells secrete proteins and hyaluronin, which is like a cellular cement. When I see a cell that has the word blast in it, I think of B like the word building. So fibroblasts are building more fibers. 
Fibrocytes are the second most abundant cell of the connective tissue proper. Fibrocytes are an inactive form of fibroblasts. They travel around until they find an area that needs structural repair and then turn into an active fibroblast. Adipocytes are fat cells. Adipose is interchangeable with the word fat. These are a major energy storage site in your body. They store energy in the form of calories. If you eat more calories than you use, you'll become fatter. If you use more calories than you eat, then you'll lose fat storage. Melanocytes are a type of connective tissue proper cell that you may have heard of before. Melanocytes synthesize and store the brown pigment melanin. Most people have a similar number of melanocytes. It is the activity of these melanocytes that produce your skin color. Melanocytes that produce more melanin are found in darker skin individuals. People who are albinos, they have a reduced amount or no melanin and appear very light skin. Melanin is also important in the photoreceptors of your eye, the retinal cells. People with albinism have reduced eyesight because they have an inappropriate amount of melanin in their retinas. There is one other common condition associated with melanin loss. Have you ever seen someone with patchy areas of skin color loss of their hands or face? This condition is called vitiligo and is due to melanocytes that stop functioning. Macrophages are another connective tissue proper cell and are very important in your body's response to foreign entities. These cells are large phagocytic cells of the immune system. Phagocytosis is a cellular process cells use to ingest and eliminate other cells or particles. Macrophages can engulf and eliminate pathogens and damage cells. Microphages are similar to macrophages in their ability to ingest and eliminate other cells or particles. They are just smaller. Mast cells play an important role in how the immune system responds to certain bacteria and parasites. These cells also play a key role in allergies and anaphylaxis, which is a serious, potentially fatal allergy response. When mast cells find a pathogen, whether it be bacteria, parasites, or allergens, they release histamine and heparin in order to activate and enhance the body's immune response to fight against this foreign entity. I live in San Antonio, and it is rich in environmental allergens. We have specific allergy seasons when allergens are particularly high and people everywhere are sneezing, sniffling, coughing, and have watery eyes. People take antihistamines to combat these symptoms. Your body uses the histamine to try and fight against the allergen. But in turn, they cause the sneezing and sniffling that people don't like, so they take antihistamines. Mast cells are very similar to basophils of the blood system that we will talk about soon. Lymphocytes are a connective tissue proper cell that circulates in lymph. Lymph is a colorless fluid that travels through the lymphatic system of the body. 
This is a pathway for immune cells to travel through the body to fight against pathogens and to return debris to the bloodstream for disposal. Lymphocytes are important in the immune system. When they encounter something foreign to your body, they can either fight against it or remember it by turning into a plasma cell. Plasma cells function as a memory for your immune system. These plasma cells produce antibodies, which are important because they see the, pa the same pathogen again later. They can help the body identify it quickly as an enemy and fight against infection faster. Mesenchymal cells are the stem cells of the connective tissue. They are baby cells that have not yet determined what kind of cell they want to be. They will mature into any of these other cell types depending on what the body is needing at the time. That's it for connective tissue proper and its associated cells. Remember that I mentioned there are three categories of connective tissue. We finished connective tissue proper. Now let's focus on fluid connective tissue followed by supporting connective tissue. Fluid connective tissue includes your blood and lymph. Both of these are fluids, hence why they are fluid connective tissues. Let's start with blood. Blood is a specialized body fluid that has four main components. Plasma, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Plasma is the watery matrix of blood. Red blood cells carry oxygen throughout your body. The other name of red blood cells is erythrocytes. Erythro comes from the Greek word meaning red. White blood cells are important in fighting infection. The other name for white blood cells is leukocytes. Leuco also comes from the Greek language and means white. Platelets are responsible for clotting your blood after an injury occurs. Let's talk a little more about each. Blood plasma is the liquid portion of blood and does not include blood cells. Plasma makes up about 55% of your body's total blood volume. It is mostly water but contains important dissolving proteins, glucose, clotting factors, electrolytes, hormones, carbon dioxide and oxygen. The clotting factors in plasma are very important medically. Some people are born missing clotting factors and thus bleed a lot when they are cut. If these people are bleeding profusely, fresh frozen plasma can be an emergency treatment to help them clot the wound. Red blood cells account for about half the volume of whole blood and give blood its red color. The principal role of red blood cell is to deliver oxygen to body tissues via the circulatory system. Red blood cells take up oxygen in the lungs and release it into tissues. Red blood cells are unique because they don't have a nucleus. The cytoplasm of red blood cell is rich in hemoglobin, which is the oxygen binding molecule in red blood cells. White blood cells are nucleated cells which defend the body from infection and disease. The three major types of white blood cells are granulocytes, monocytes, and lymphocytes. Granulocytes are divided further into neutrophils, eosinophils, and basophils. 
neutrophils and eosinophils acts as microphages to phagocytize pathogens. Basophils act like mast cells by promoting inflammation via histamine. Monocytes are phagocytes like macrophages. Lymphocytes were previously discussed in the connective tissue proper section and are rarely found in blood. Your physician may order a complete blood count, also known as a CBC, to check your blood. This lab checks your number of red blood cells, hemoglobin, platelets, and white blood cells. Your bl white blood cells may be elevated if you have active infection because these cells are increased during infection to help your body combat a pathogen. Platelets function in blood clotting. Their role is to seal leaks in damage or broken blood vessels. Platelets have no nucleus and are fragments of cytoplasm. When there is damage to a blood vessel, platelets gather at the site and clump together to plug the hole. When platelets function correctly, they can help you stop bleeding, so you don't bleed to death. Unfortunately, sometimes platelets may form a blood clot that can obstruct a healthy blood vessel. This is called thrombosis. This blood clot may cause pain due to the block of the flow of oxygen to the tissues, or it may dislodge and circulate through your bloodstream and get lodged into your lungs or your brain, causing a medical emergency. As I previously mentioned, fluid connective tissues include blood and lymph. We have discussed blood and its contents. Lymph is a colorless fluid that travels through the lymphatic system of the body. This is a pathway for your immune system to travel through the body to fight against pathogens and return debris to the bloodstream for disposal. So far we have discussed connective tissue proper and fluid connective tissue. The final connective tissue to discuss is supporting connective tissue. The role of supporting connective tissue is in its name. It is there to support your body. Your body is full of precious, vulnerable organs. How do we protect them? Through cartilage and bone to seal them away from damage and provide a proper framework to shield them from injury. Cartilage is an important structural component in the body. It is a firm tissue, but it's softer and more flexible than bone. Cartilage is avascular, meaning it has no blood supply. This means that if cartilage is injured, it is a very slow process to grow and repair. Cartilage is found in joints between bones like your elbows and knees, at the end of your ribs to attach them to the sternum, between vertebrae of the spine, in the ear and nose, and in the tubes of your airways. You may have heard someone tearing the meniscus of their knee. Meniscus are a pair of shock-absorbing cartilage between your thigh bone and your lower leg bones. When these are torn, the repair is to go into the joint and cut off the torn portion. They do not repair themselves after injury due to their lack of blood supply. Bone are the other supporting connective tissue. Adults average about 206 bones in their body. The smallest bones are located in the middle ear. 
Bones provide a framework for your body and help support your weight and protect your internal organs. Your most vital organs, your heart and brain, are protected by a number of bones through your ribcage and skull. Bones are calcified and very vascular. Unlike the avascular cartilages, bones are capable of repairing themselves after injury. We will have a more in-depth discussion about bones in the future episode. I think we spent enough time with connective tissue. In summary, there are three types of connective tissue, connective tissue proper, fluid connective tissue, and supporting connective tissue. Connective tissue proper has loose and dense connective tissue and a number of specialized cells. Fluid connective tissue is blood and lymph, and supporting connective tissue is cartilage and bones. In the next episode, we will focus on the muscle tissue. As always, please subscribe, comment, and share these episodes so they are continued being produced.